Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host, Jason, along with Chris. Yo! All right, so here at the end of a Blues road trip, a su- successful road trip, let me add that in. The Blues are kind of were uh, scrambling there for a while, not having a really great time. But it looks like they're kind of turning it around, despite everybody have being injured. We had one, one big return we'll talk about later in the yes. uh, thing. The uh, seems like the injury bug has not... Uh, just kept in North America. It's also overseas for the Blues, apparently. It's worldwide. Yeah, so <laughs> prestige. Worldwide. Anyway, so talk about that. We got uh, we'll talk about some NHL news and we'll also uh talk about today is International uh, Women's Day. So we'll we'll add a little we'll add a little something on the end about that. Some uh, a little hockey talk about that at the end. So we'll get into the Blues. We have a lot of games to go over. We have five games we're recording yep. about. Uh, an hour before the Blues take on the San Jose Sharks. So the Blues are bookending the trip here with the Sharks. They started with the Sharks game, ending with the Sharks game. So these are part of like the makeup games that kind of happened due to COVID. So they kind of rescheduled these around. They're supposed to play back-to-back Sharks games in February, but they moved one of them to the end of this road trip because they're adding games because of all the cancellations to the Colorado series, the Minnesota series, the Vegas series. So they had to kind of redo their schedule a bit. So the Blues have a six game road trip and then they kind of go home for a little bit for two games and back on the road. And then they're at home for quite a long time. So hopefully they can, they seem to be playing better on the road. So let's see how they can do, uh, you know, going forward. But it seemed to do really good on the road, even, even without like fans. Yeah. They did very well on the road then. Uh, this, this year they continue to do that. Uh, they're I believe they're ten and two right now, or ten yeah ten wins or something like that. Something ridiculous. That uh, but we'll take it so far. So first game is San Jose Sharks game. I gotta say for this game before we get into everything about this game because there's so much happened during this game. If you look at this on the surface, this might be one of the top five most entertaining NA, like NHL games of the season. Like if the NHL wanted to promote a product of like. Hey, watch our product. This might be the game due to the like insane amount of lead changes, uh, goal scored, just other stuff that happened on top of that. It's just it, kind of crazy stuff happened from beginning to end of this game. I missed the entire game. Was it? This wasn't. This wasn't a night for me. And you trivia were. Night. It was trivia night. I mean, you were doing trivia at the time. Yep. Our virtual trivia that we kind of had going on, so we didn't get to see this. We were kind of like had I think I had it on my phone to yeah. the side and it was kind of like telling you as we were playing. So I didn't get to see I missed part of the second period. And well, then I got home at, I got home for the third period. I got home for the insane like back and forth third period, but I had missed the most of the second period. We uh <clears throat> we went to bed. I was just beat by the yeah, end and we went to bed and for whatever reason the audio app like usually when you open the blues uh, app on your phone, which is also the NHL app, you have the option to listen to the radio feed for the game and it can let you listen to either team. Yeah. Neither feed would fire up for me. It would say playing, but then there would be no audio. Hmm. Cause I wanted to listen to the third period. Cause by the time I crawled into bed, it was what tied at four after two. I think. Yes, I believe so. Let me do a um, little quick check here. And yes, tied then, at four after two. Yeah, and then all hell broke loose in our house. And then I looked back down, and all of a sudden it was the Blues win seven to six. And I was like, 
we missed a hell of a game. I was like, there were five goals in the third period. Yes, there was a total of, uh, I think, 13 different lead changes in this game. So um, it was the most goals scored for the Blues in quite some time. So, but let's break this down, the game down. It didn't start off great. No. Jordan, Bidding, Jordan Bennington is in net. Uh, and 17 seconds in, Timo Meyer gets a goal at the start of the year from uh, Balcars and Gambrell. So it was kind of just... It, yeah, turn a turnover and just a quick shot by uh, Timo Meyer, and just I believe this one hit uh, this one hit Tori Krug and go in or was it? I'm thinking Is that who it was Krug. Yeah, it was what. I remember it, it was Krug. Yeah, it's Tori Krug. It's stick and goes and no, I didn't have a chance. So not great. And the Blues look sluggish after this, and it's very much ice is tilted. They finally get a little zone pressure, and Marco Scandella gets his gets the puck at the point and just rifles a shot through everybody and beats Devin Dubnik from the point. A nice screen in front, and he gets his first as a blue and his first of the year. Um, For some reason, I didn't realize that that was his first goal as a blue. I thought he got one last year. Yeah, his first, he got a couple assists, but no no, uh, no points during that brief time we had him last wow. year. So Congratulations to him. Yeah, so and then, of course, the Blues quickly take out penalty right after that, and Evander King gets his sixth of the year from Coach Shore and Brett Burns. So, uh Kane is on the doorstep after Couture and Burns. Burns a point shot. Couture gets uh, deflects it. Kane is there for the rebound. So after one, it's two to one. Hopefully the Blues can come back. Uh, but and they do. Sammy Blay gets a second from Dunn and O'Reilly. Uh, a little backhand shot after some point pressure. And then the shot from Vince Dunn, Blay kind of stops while he's in stride, streaking across the front of Dubnik. So if Dubnik's kind of sliding to his right and then has to lay across the goal, I know I'm doing all these motions and obviously nobody can see me besides Chris right now. And he lays across the goal with his glove out and Sammy Blay puts it in on his backhand. Yep. And quickly, it was uh, tied up at about the 334 mark. Unfortunately, they can't hold on to it. And Timo Meyer gets his second of the game, his fourth of the year, power play goal to make it 3-2. to two. Luckily... Blues come right back. So it's just another, this is less than a minute later. Braden Shen, as the goal is getting announced, Braden Shen gets a pass from David Perron and just rifles a shot over uh, Devin Dubnik. I don't know if you I mean, if you saw the replay on this. I don't know if you think Dubnik maybe should have had this or if it was that good of a shot that he just kind of missed it. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Shen's shot because, you know, he's an NHL player. But yeah, man, you know... I don't know if that he just didn't think the Blues would come back this quick, what it was, but if I'm a Sharks fan, that's a shot that I want my goalie to stop. Yeah, and that leads us. I mean, not a bad goal, but a very stoppable goal. Yeah, and that will lead us into the next goal that I think was very stoppable. And out of the three goals that have been scored so far, I think Bennington had little to no chance. On all these, so I very much is like, oh my god, he has three goals against so far. Make that four. Evander Kane just comes in with the puck, and the defense is back, and Bennington just misses it with yep. his uh, on the stick side. Uh, Kane gets a second of the game, his second of the year, and uh, you see Kane afterwards was kind of smiling towards like Bennington after that shot because they kind of had like a you know they kind of had a little back and forth last year. Right. Uh, then right after this. 
Jordan Bennington is pulled. I mean, for whatever reasons, it's just trying to spark the Blues into playing some better defense. Maybe Mac and tie the game. Maybe it's just been not Bennington's night. I don't know how you want to take that. Sure. I think this was a weak goal, so I think this was just kind of a message like, hey, maybe you've played too many games so far. Why don't we just get you out and let Huso in? As he's leaving, so the way the this is one of only two places, I think Montreal is the other one, where the backup goalie doesn't sit on the bench with the team. He sits like kind of catty corner across the way, like behind the um, glass, like across the benches or across the way. It's like right. on his own little island, basically, across the thing. So it's really weird. So that's where Bennington has to go. So as he goes, he skates, he has to, because the period, so he has to cross the Sharks bench. I don't, according to Jordan Bennington, no one said anything to him. We didn't know this at the time because he said, no, he was just pissed. As people, he was asked a couple of games later about this. And when he had the media was available, like he basically asked him about this and he just said, nope, I was just pissed. Nobody said anything to me. So as he crosses the bench, comes up, pushes a Sharks player. And then, of course, the Blues player come over and kind of like go after the Sharks player a little bit. Bennington skates off <laughs> as he keeps skating, which I think is the, the funniest part is Eric Carlson sitting there skating by and he looks up, like he's going to punch him with his blocker and like fakes him out and Carlson kind of turtles. And I thought that was hilarious. Very much so. So as it keeps and then says, I might have said something to him, but you really couldn't tell. Then Devin Dubnik kind of comes out as he's going by and pushes Bennington and Bennington pushes back. And it looks like they're ready to fight and the refs come over and Bennington just goes off. And for all intents and purposes, all the Blues players said they love this after the game. So I want to get your thoughts on what you, before I get my thoughts on it, what did you think about this? Is it awesome? Uh, something you like, like a little fire out of your goalie? Was it just childish, dumb, whatever? Kind of all of the above, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you sound like me now. I, I get why he did it. I like that it fired up the team. Um, if it was anyone else besides my goalie, I would probably be making fun of him all day long. I, I, I don't think the Eric Carlson thing was necessary. Um, like I could have seen him do it to a Vander Kane, but I, I don't know why he did this, the whole, like, I'm going to punch you a psych to, to Carlson. That being said, I, I I did like that when Dubnik tried to step up to him, he didn't back down. He was like, if you want to go, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Like that part I liked. Um I don't know. I mean, is it funny? Yeah. Did did it help the team? Obviously it woke the team up. Um do I think it was a bit childish? Sure. But I mean, you know, we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, as we get to the Tom Wilson stuff. Um where do you draw the line? You know, I mean, he didn't really hit anyone, which is good. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm split, man. I, I, I'm glad he did it because it fired up the team. But I won't lie. If, if, if the tables had been turned and, and this was Dubnik getting pulled after far, four goals and doing it to our dudes, I'd probably be calling him a, a lot of things. Yeah. P-A-B, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I got you. So 
Yeah, I'm kind of like I was like kind of in the middle about it too. I, like it's one of those things where, you know, for a lot of like blues in the past in the history, we've had a we haven't had really the characters we've had have always been guys that are enforcers. If you go back, besides Brett Hall, if you kind of go back in the history of the blues recently, it's very much you think back. Ryan Reeves was probably like you know. A guy Probably. that you know, and you go before that, like in back in the nineties and stuff. Tony Twist, Kelly Chase, yeah, um, yeah, you know. And you really had, then you know, obviously Tarasenko <clears throat> is, you know, a very good goal scorer. But I think a guy that gets animated and stuff, I don't see you don't see it a lot out of him. You know, no. you know. So, but I think when you see, so that's why I think having somebody like Bennington is like different and to a degree refreshing to see. I like, agree. I, I, as much as like I. He like obviously he did it to pump the team up. So I mean he obviously knows how to push the guys' buttons. I'll say I'll say that much. Like I don't think he would have hopefully he wouldn't do stuff like that to but remember, this is a guy who two years ago, now a teammate of the, the guy, he skates at a corner and bumped into Kyle Clifford. Yeah. And then a scrum ensued and the blues went on to win that game. Yeah. So I mean, this is this isn't a foreign concept to Dorn Bench no, and he not. has a history of I mean, and look, you can go back and look at Goldie's like like Patrick Waugh and, and such, who Hextall. did this a lot. Yeah, Ron lot. Hextall. Yeah, Ron, yeah, exactly. Like they were just they were those guys who weren't afraid to start some some stuff to get the team going. And you know, I, so I get it. I totally get why he did it. Um, I you know, and would I have liked it to be more in the in the flow of the game? Sure. But I also get where he's coming from. Like, well, if I'm going out, I guess I got to make my point and did his thing. So it's fine. It's totally fine. Again, like I think this is all about perspective on on which team you're rooting for in this. You know? Yeah, because pretty much around the league, it's pretty much from what I could gather, at least my quick like kind of Twitter thing when I was just kind of looking it up after the game. I think it was pretty much the majority of people thought he was being a baby and a punk, pretty much from what I could gather. Which he was. I mean, he was. But I think I almost every. But and but the other thing too is like, which we'll talk about too. I couldn't tell you how many times I saw Capitals fans defending Tom Wilson today. Well, but that's to me that's an apples and oranges conversation. True, I'll say that much. But when it's your team, you have a different viewpoint on as well. Yes. I was trying to say, like yes. you know, like yes. that's the point I was trying to make. Because like when you're when it's your team and then your guy does something, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Right, and then, then somebody who's a fan of another team or even the team you're playing, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's a punk," and it's like, "Well, yeah. you know, whatever." But apparently, this move inspired the team, and Zach Sanford gets the tip-in goal, his fourth of the year, from Jordan Cairo and Tori Krug at the fourth at the eighteen uh, sixteen mark to make it four to four right before the end of the period. And here we go. Then the Blues get a penalty to start the period. So you're like, "Of course they do." So Justin Falk had technically a tripping penalty right near the end of the period off a delayed penalty. So the blue started shorthanded and Zach Sanford pretty much is he's in his streak where he's hot right now. So let's ride this streak while he's hot and not invisible. I'm fine yeah. with that. So he feeds Mackenzie McEachern, my uh, daughter's favorite player for his uh, first of the year, a short first blues, first shorthanded goal of the year as well from Sanford and Scandella. So Scandella two point night so far. So somebody, a guy who is not known for putting up points has two points tonight, but as we alluded to before this, it's back and forth period. So we're going to go through these a rapid fire. Uh, LeBanc with his third from 
uh, Leonard and Meyer to make it five five at the two thirteen mark. Six to five. Ryan O'Reilly makes it at the three twenty mark. So minute seven later, three minutes later, Logan Couture, Chris's favorite player, makes it his eleventh year. Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's 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 uncanny, isn't it? Like weird. If you put it side by side. We'll try to do a side-by-side picture for the uh, Twitters, and we'll put it up there. Yeah. Done. Uh, so, Couture ties it 6-6 six to six at the 6-13 mark. Then Takes a break from car shop, auto shop, and goes out and scores a goal. <laughs> so, not even a minute later, Oscar Sundquist feeds Marco Scandella for his second of the game, his second of the year. Uh, Hoffman also gets a secondary assist, 7-6. to six, And the craziness stops after that, and the Blues will hold on to get the back-and-forth 7-6 to six win. little scrum at the end of the game between Evander Kane and uh, Zach Sanford, probably talking about Evander Kane's credit score more than likely. But <laughs> Fun fact, it's not good. <laughs> I, I saw some people saying that the, his credit score is worse than the score of this game. So uh, oh. that's not nice. So the Blues start the road trip off very well. A seven to six win against the San Jose Sharks after dropping uh, their last three games to at home between the Sharks and the Kings. They got shut out against the Kings in a two to one game against the Kings right before this game. So good start after rebounding from those losses. So they get to go to Anaheim, which Anaheim, not a great team this year. They're rebuilding, um, working their way back, and. Yeah, that's all I really say about them. They're just not that great this year. They're probably going to be near the bottom of the league. But unfortunately, the Blues cannot get off to the right start. And uh, Lundstrom gets his third of the year from uh, – I, I messed his name if I had it like the uh, Comtos. I would say Comatos, but that's not right. If you had said the wrong one, I would know it. Comtois? Yes. Okay, that's I say Yeah, because I remember somebody told me I kept saying Comquat, so that's why, that's why I remember it, so – there we go. And Fowler gets the assist. So uh, this is a one that I kind of think uh, goalie should have had. And I was like, man, I think he should have had that one. But luckily, Jordan Cairo comes in, and what a feed from Ryan O'Reilly. Goes between the legs Indeed. of the defenseman, gets it to Cairo, and Cairo just completely beats John Gibson at right at the 1903 mark, right near the end of the period. So Blues tied up really late in the period again, and that's good to see that they're – have that ability to score late, which we'll talk about uh, later in this uh, road trip. So second period starts. David Perron gets his seventh of the year from Braden Shen. Fan and then, favorite. Uh, yep, fan favorite, David Perron with his seventh of the year. So once again, like I said, let's ride the hot streak while we can. So Zach Sanford gets his fifth of the year from uh, – <laughs> so Chris just sent me this. We'll put that picture out there on the internet between uh, – uh, Logan Couture and uh, and Butthead Beavis and Butthead, uncanny, honestly, <laughs> it's really awesome. Yeah, so Sanford, while we're gonna ride this power play while we can, he gets the a nice move in the front, and then he gets his fifth of the year from Dunn and Falk, three to one, and playing his very first NHL game. Which let's talk about this real quick, Dakota mm-hmm. Joshua, who. Let's be honest, like that trade was made with Toronto last year was just basically for. Um, player to be named later to pick up Dakota Joshua. When and then he pretty much spent part of the year in the ECHL last year, so yep. he got so bad, not so bad, but the team was had so many other players. They basically told him like, for you to get some decent playing time, we're sending you to ECHL. Yeah, 
And the Blues are literally that hard up for players right now. Like they are – Joshua got called up before other guys like Nathan Walker, um, yeah. Sam uh, Anas, A-N-A-S. I want to make sure I say that really slowly. And um, uh, Steve Santini is also up with the team now. They got called up and we're waiting for them to finish their quarantine. So Joshua was called up way before this. And he was eligible to play and in his first NHL game. So I – I'll be honest. This is if you told me Dakota Joshua you're playing any games of the St. Louis Blues this year, and I would have bet I would have bet money on the house he wouldn't. But I tell you what, I, watching that the the last game they played against the Kings, that fourth line, it's good. I'm I'm looking at the backs of jerseys and going 54, and, I, and all these other numbers, and I'm like, I I don't know who you are. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like you've got Nathan Walker on the ice and Dakota Joshua and McKenzie McKeckern and, and all these other guys. And I'm like, Oh God, it is just a mash unit out there. Yeah. It's, it was really, really bad, but Dakota Joshua after the shot on Kyle Clifford, that was up high off the blocker of Gibson. Just go to the net. And he said, he told Darren Pang before the game, I, I cry. I like my place is going to the net and crashing the net. And that's what he did. Hits yep. him on the, I guess you could say yeah. pants, pants, chest area. Goes in the net, no kicking motion. That's in the goal. Gets his first NHL goal. So that's so pretty awesome. Yeah, it, that doesn't say on piece of paper how you score. It just says Dakota Joshua, one goal. So congrats to him. It's really awesome. Uh, then the picture afterwards, Blues tweeted out on his first goal puck, said, Hi, mom. You know, so that stuff like that's cool, man. And the guy in that everybody on that line was so excited for him. And yeah. then Pirani even said after the game, like his energy. Like, you know, he's so excited for the game and what he brought to the room, that energy. He said, energized us. We were, he said, we're really tired. We've had a lot of injuries and we've been working, you know, a lot of games. And that, he said that energized the team. O'Reilly echoed those sentiments. So that's really cool to see that a guy that was an ECL, ECHL guy last year comes in, scores a goal, and helps energize the team uh, to give them a four to one lead uh, going into the third period. Right. So very cool to see that. So a quick, uh, who is in that here. So a quick, uh, so Lundstrom is like one of their first round pick from 2018 and he gets his second goal, his fourth of the second goal of the game, fourth of the year off a wraparound goal, which you kind of thought, didn't know if it went in, but just the way Huso slid over, if he just stuck that skate against the post, it would have been yep. a save, but he kind of stuck it and it slid back into the net and the puck just crosses the line. So that kind of sucks. And then uh, Lundstrom gets the, completes the hat trick here. Make it four to three. Shattenkirk with the shot. First, I thought Shattenkirk scored this. I did uh, too. Fun fact, he has not scored yet this year. Nope. Yeah, so a lot of money for not a lot of pr- uh, production. He actually just scored his, their last game, not against the Blues here, but they played against um, Colorado and he scored. So – uh, Lundstrom deflects this down and it goes past Huso. So Lundstrom gets his first career hat trick as fifth of the year. Um, Blues are scrambled near the end. They put, they pull the goalie, excuse me. Anaheim pulls the goalie with a couple, about two and a half minutes left. And Zach Sanford is able to get his second of the game, his sixth of the year from Falk. And you're like, great. Everything's over, but the Blues took a penalty and they pull the goalie. So it's a six on four. Um, Kind of a weird play where Getzlav has the puck on the side and then off a rebound, and it, he kind of fans on it. And Huso was diving, thinking he was going to be a hard shot, so it kind of just got by him. Yeah, couldn't help that one. So five to four with a at the nineteen minute mark, 
So a little hairy there at the end. So that, so it winds up being the empty net goal is the game winning goal. So uh, Lundstrom gets their first star. Sanford is the second and Cam Fowler with the third star. So the blues two wins in a row. Yay. We'll take it. And they keep growing here. So you get to go play Anaheim. And once again, Anaheim's not doing well. So they have seven straight losses going into this game. So blues are trying to make a magic number eight for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oscar Sundquist starts it off off the power play, kind of a gets the puck on the side of the net and just kind of quickly swoops it by uh, Gibson. I thought that was a pretty with him with all the injuries. You have Oscar Sundquist not only doing shorthanded duty, uh, penalty kill. He's also on the power play with the net front presence. So about the 14 minute mark, one nothing. We'll take that from Perron and Krug. Shen gets his 11th, two nothing. Uh, Comtos, uh, right? Is that right now? Yeah. Okay. I was getting there. So anyway, <laughs> two to one from Terry and Getzlav. Uh, tip in shot there. Uh, Zach Sanford, once again, he's on a roll. I can't argue with it as much as he's I want to. He's hot. Yep. When he's on, he's on, man. That's why the like problem is, is like you get these like 10 game burst of it. Once yeah, he gets to 10, he gets 15 where there's nothing. And you can't really see him. So he gets this. So he gets another goal. Uh, Richard Raquel gets his uh, third of the year from Trevor Zegras. If, so if you remember Trevor Zegras tried to get the, uh, he has, he's like their, he did really well on the World Juniors. He was the MVP mm-hmm. for the World Juniors this year. Yeah. And he's the, he tried to get, almost got his first NHL goal. He did the, try to do the Michigan, which yeah. is the Michigan is where he puts the puck on his behind the net and just scoops it and puts, tries to tuck it in the top of the net from behind the net. And Huso, I'll give him, this is probably one of the best saves he's had all year where he dropped his stick and put the glove right where he was going and stopped it. And I thought that was, and people are going crazy online too, which I thought was interesting. It's just like, but he didn't score. Like, yeah. if he scored, I would have been like, cool, go crazy because he did that, but he didn't score. So, Arako got that goal with about eight seconds left in the game. So, Blues had it. It was three to two after that. And the Blues hold on, their third win in a row, and they hand Anaheim their eighth loss in a row. Not great. No, you know, to go back to what you were saying earlier with Shattenkirk and the lack of production, uh, I believe it was Darren Pang who made the comment during the first of the Anaheim games that the problem with the Ducks right now is their veterans. You know, their their youth is stepping up and playing, but, you know, the veterans that they have in that lineup aren't doing much. And you, you look at someone like Kevin Shattenkirk, who signed a big deal in the offseason to come there. You know, you've got Getzlaff, who's got miles on his tires. You know, the, the second game saw David Backus get into the game, but, I mean – he ain't the David Backus of three years ago, let alone five years ago. Yeah. Um, and and so you've got a team now that's got a lot of money tied up in big name players that that aren't really doing anything. And that's going to be a very interesting road to see how the Ducks handle things as we get towards the trade deadline because we've got a shortened season. You know, am I saying that the Ducks are going to move on after a partial year from Kevin Shattenkirk? No. But you got to think a lot of these guys that have big contracts, the team may look to move for either cap space or other prospects because if you're making that much money and, and you're not doing what you're on the ice to do, 
in this league, man, especially the way it's set up right now, you can't you can't hold on to those contracts. Yeah, so I think a lot of the like expansion drafting that I saw, almost every single one has the virtually almost every single one I've read. Uh, most of them have them uh, exposing Shattenkirk and them taking and Shattenkirk going to Seattle. I mean, they could very easily, and if he doesn't turn around, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. And, and honestly, if I'm Seattle, I'm taking him. For, I'll take I think that money. Three point eight million, and you can yeah, use him I mean, as a power terrible. play specialist. Been, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you look at. I think the bar was set with the Golden Knights that Seattle fans are going to expect to win. You know, they're not going to want to sit around and, and wait five to ten years for the team to get good, like Panthers fans and uh, Senators fans back and in the Ducks day. fans and Senators and Tampa and all those guys did. You know, I think that this expansion draft showed that there's a way if you're a smart GM and I think the, the, the Kraken have the people in place to make smart decisions that you can win. Now I think the wild card and all that is, is who's going to be available in that. Obviously the golden Knights had the gift from heaven with Mark Andre Fleury being exposed in the draft. Yeah. Um, and I the, would and, not and, expect you would see something like that again. And the Knights will, um, not have to lose a player because that was part of their agreement because at the time, you know, they weren't obviously you think expansion team, they're going to be kind of crappy and keep as many good players as they can. So they're going to be this powerhouse team now, and they're going to not have to lose anybody to this expansion draft. Right. So that's uh, interesting to see how they do uh, there. So blues have halfway through this trip and now we're on the Tarasenko watch. So Tarasenko mm-hmm. skating. So the, during this practice, he's on a line with uh, Peron and, um, uh, O'Reilly. So everybody's like, today's the day. It's going to happen. And today's not the day. So this game, so they don't play. So he didn't play Anaheim, but they say on this trip, he's going to play. So first LA Kings game is not going to happen. So first King can happen. It's a battle of the backups again. So Cal Peterson versus Billy Huso. And I have to say, this was Billy Huso's best game as a pro by far. I agree. He played very well, as much as the score didn't look that way for a while, but I think he played very well. Perron gets the early goal in the first period on the power play, uh, just has a puck in the high slot and just beats uh, Peterson, who catches left over the glove side. And a quick one nothing lead for the Blues at a 2-8 mark. And I think the Blues played really well most of this game. Yeah, I think the Blues played extraordinarily well in this game. And I also think, I meant to mention it earlier, but I think this is a good time as we get into this road trip. I think this might be some of David Perron's best hockey as a blue. Mm-hmm. He is uh, the stats that have gone up. He is since he's basically been back with the blues uh, counting. If you counted the Vegas year, I believe if you count the Vegas year till now, his points per game has gone up. Uh, like this year it's over one, but it's been usually it was always like under 0.5 a game mm-hmm. or if not less. He's been at 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9, and now he's at over above one. So he's incrementally gotten better with time. And as right. much as we kind of gave crap <laughs> when this signing first happened, considering what happened that day, oh, um, yeah. oh, this, yeah. I mean, obviously the O'Reilly traded that day is going to be the always going to get the, the news catcher that day, but this is going to be the gem that I agree that you didn't think would happen. Like, as much as we're happy to have David Prom back, you didn't expect him to be this way like he's taking the leadership role i mean yeah. we still have the occasional offensive zone penalty the penalty i think you can erase occasional yeah but it's, it's every game 
Yeah, you know, but still. He might be a point per game, but he's offensive zone penalty a game, too. But if he's getting points, we'll take I'll take the penalty fine. then, too. It's yeah. Fine. So keep putting but, him in the net. But yeah, keep putting him in the net. No, not the, they played really well, and then um just a kind of a broken play happened, and then a quick um kind of breakout, and Jeff Carter gets his fifth of the year from uh Yornfoot and somebody else. Anthony CU, whatever it is. I can't I hate how to say it. I'm really doing crappy with names tonight, by the way. So, Anthony Anthony CU. Yeah, thank you. So I'm doing really awful with names tonight. So not really great when you're trying to host a show. But you know, we do as we do. So somebody who's leading the the uh Western Conference in goals are tied for the leading goals. Dustin Brown. If yeah. I said and also that's a weird thing to come up. He's having a tremendous year so far, his twelfth of the year on the uh, power play. Kind of a play in front, it hits him, and he's just kind of uh, tangled up with the defenseman in front, and the puck just slides in by uh, Huso's leg, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just nothing could do about it. Kind of a fluke goal for Brown. Brown's shooting percentage right now going into this game was 45%. That's ridiculous. Which, like a sniper, usually somebody who's a goal scorer, is usually in the upper teens, 20s, and that's considered really good. So when you're shooting in the 45s, like it's a bit of luck or a lot of luck. And you're not like the shots you're actually taking, you're going to the net. Chart. I would love to see the goal chart for where his goals are being scored from. Yeah. And as uh, I got to imagine, if your percentage is that high, you're cleaning up a lot of trash in, in front of the net, which that's his style. And I mean, I guess he just has to maybe he's adjusting to what he has to do because he's not the fleetest of foot anymore, probably. And just, well, I think he's another case of a dude who was well served not being the captain. I mm-hmm. think for whatever reason, him being the captain of that team was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was during the, uh, he was captain during the cup years too. So, I mean, he was, he was, but, I, but I think that, Copa you know, as of now. much like, you know, I'm trying to think of the last, let's just say Eric Brewer for, because lack of a better player, he was the captain, but I don't think the onus was on him to be the guy. Yeah, he wasn't like the star um, player captain type guy that you look right. for in normal. In normal, ca- you see a captain. We, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, I think that that team won because of who was on that team. Whereas as that team started to get dismantled through free agency or whatever, and more impetus got put on Dustin Brown to be the dude, is where you saw where like it just didn't work. Like if you could, so there's certain guys where like if you could insulate them, they can be the captain and the mouthpiece and things like that. Some guys don't handle that pressure well, yeah. and I think Dustin Brown was one of those guys. Yeah. So the Blues are putting pressure on this whole period, and once again they pull the goalie and they have their league leading seventh goal at six on five. Which in the past we maybe get one, maybe two of these a year tops, yeah, and then every time else they score on us. Yeah, and we get the empty net goal. We know it's worthless, and it almost happened this time. And I want to go. I want to give props because I was, I yelled at my TV because Mike Hoffman was just not having a good game. No, and he turned the puck over, and the puck started to go the other way, and he hustled back and took the puck away from. I forget, I want to say I might be Brown. I'm not sure who it was, but he basically fought for the puck and was able to prevent the guy from putting it into an empty net. And then Toy Crew comes back and grabs it as that happens and rushes it up the ice, gets it to Perron. Perron, who it looks like he kind of fanned on it, 
and then the puck kind of like went back back to him, and then he shot it again, and it beats Cal Peterson, a uh, high blocker, and the Blues score with about forty seconds left to tie when the game I at two. That, like to you, like you said, it, it the whole series that led to us getting the puck back, stopping the empty net. And it just seemed like it was a series of, oh, crap, here's the puck. Oh, crap, here's the puck till they got it to Perron. It looked to me like when Perron crossed the line, he had Kairou open on the backside, mm-hmm. went to pass to him, fanned on the pass, and then was like, well, now I'm committed. I got to shoot and picked his corner and got it. Yeah, and it was a hell of a shot. So Blues tight late, go to overtime. So, hey, we stole a point. Now, if we get another point, it's just, you know, gravy at the, to me at this point, you know. So, Blues had this kind of – and Kings, remember, are one of those teams that don't really attack too much in these – and they're not really great. They're one in four right now in overtime. So, they're not really great in overtime. So, they don't have too much attacking. And they did a horrible, horrible line change. The puck goes back to their defense, and then their defense tried to change while the other guy grabs the puck. And it's, I think they had a total, maybe five, maybe six guys on the ice briefly. Yeah. They almost had two whole lines out there. Like they all changed at once. It was really kind of a bad change. And you could, and the, the thing I love too, right now with there being no fans or not that many fans in LA, I think they're not letting fans to my knowledge yeah. in or very few. Um, you can hear the bench, like the blues bench was like, Hey, like you could hear them like scream. Like yeah. to get the ref's attention. And then I'm like, I didn't th- see the ref's hand go up immediately. So I was like, oh crap, they missed it. And then the Blues get the puck. And then you see delay a penalty. Then uh, Huso goes off. The Blues do a really great job at holding the puck in, which they get the extra guy out there, which is O'Reilly. And O'Reilly gets it back to Krug. And Krug feeds across, like, does a great job of drawing the defense to him. Mm-hmm. So the so it's they two uh, the top two guys come to the Krug and leads it off to Hoffman and Hoffman, which is one guy we don't really this is what we don't have and which is I've enjoyed when he's actually been able to do it this year is the quick one timer with a hard yeah. shot that's on net and he one times this and it hits the back of the net before Peterson's even sliding to his left to realize yeah. the puck is going that way it was that hard of a shot yeah. and the Blues win it in overtime Mike Hoffman his seventh of the year which is. I kind of didn't realize he had seven already. He kind of just he's had well, he's had a couple of two goal games, correct? Yeah, I think this is uh, yeah. So he's had a couple of two goal games. And then he's had like streaks of get goals in a game, and then he's had mm-hmm. a decent amount of assists so far. So yeah, because he had an assist this game, it was eleventh assist of the year. So he has eighteen points now, and you know a little bit under twenty games. So he's almost a point per game player, which is weird to think. He's but... definitely gotten more comfortable, and I think you're seeing it in his play now. Yeah, so the Blues win in overtime, steal the point from the Kings. Unfortunately, that kind of went the opposite way this time. <laughs> so the Blues finally, for the we'll get into the actual scoring real quick. The big news is finally Vladimir Tarasenko is back. So March 6th is exactly six months to the day that he had his, sh- his third shoulder surgery in about 28 months. So a lot of... Did you read the athletic article about this? Yes, and I was going to get to that. So they're talking to the athletic article, which I don't have uh, up right now, but they talked about to a three different surgeons about like about what do you think about his shoulder surgery and his and is he going to be the same type of player? One guy, one guy was pretty much like he'll be fine. 
Like, I'll take him on my team if you guys don't want him. Uh, one guy was kind of like, you know, he might be cautious coming back, but if they did a so- shoulder surgery right and they found the exact problem, he should be able to get back to normal over time, you know. And one guy said that, you know, the chance of re-injuring is very high, and like in the 40 the 50% chance, you know, of him injuring his shoulder. So I guess my coach, I think what you're going to say is like, so what do you cut? What kind of a player do you think we're going to get back now? Well, judging from the first game, it doesn't seem like he's playing timid, which is what I was concerned about. Firstly, I thought that you would see a Tarasenko that maybe was afraid to go into the corners, was afraid to drive the net, you know, would avoid um, any sort of hard collision. And obviously that wasn't the case. Um, the one thing that I think is telling in that athletic article, and it's something that you and I have hinted at, is that this is probably the last shot. You know, God forbid he gets hurt again. I think that he's probably done if he hurts that same shoulder again. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I like seeing him playing his game because is anyone who's ever played any sort of competitive sport will tell you when you start playing to avoid injury is most of the time when you get injured. Um, So I think that all we can do is just put faith in the fact that the doctors got it right this time and got them put back together correctly. And that, you know, they, they took the right amount of time to rehab and, and, and get everything right. And then he, you know, he, he's able to hold it together. He came back great. After the first surgery, I mean, he he looked phenomenal in that 2019 run with the uh, the Blues on the way to the Stanley Cup. I think it's telling, and I don't remember if it was in this article or where I read it, but they said it's worth noting that um, since the Blues Cup run and Stanley Cup victory, since Vladimir Tarasenko held the cup on Boston Garden Ice, he has had more shoulder surgeries that he has had goals yeah he's had three surgeries and two goals two goals and he's essentially because he only played 10 games last year and then a couple in the playoffs he's pretty much had uh, two years off yeah he's had a lot of time off and so it's going to take some time as much practice you can give a guy it's not games you know you have game scenarios but you're not actually in a game, I guess is what we're trying to say. Yeah. That said, I thought he looked fine in this game. You know, he, and we'll talk about it when we get to that part of the game, but you know, he, he looked strong on the puck. Uh, I don't think that he was afraid to go into the corners. He didn't play timid. He played the type of game that we've come to expect from Tarasenko. And, and that's, I think for me, that's all I can ask for. I wish we would have put the puck in the net, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, uh, the Blues started off fast this game. So David Perron gets his 10th of the year from Braden Shen and Vince Dunn at the 25-second mark. So the Blues quickly get a basically two-on-one and a really great pass from Shen to Perron. And Perron has a one-times into the net, and he's easy goal there. We'll take that. And then uh, Nathan Walker, who's been up on a line with, uh, you know, 
Ryan O'Reilly at times, and he kind of moved, been moving him around, but he's on a line with Sammy Belay right now. And Belay, great move. Like, move makes the moves to the front of the net and makes a pass where Walker just has to basically tap it into the net. Nathan Walker gets his first of the year from Belay and Bortuzzo at the 438 mark. And then on the power play, right in front of the net, Ryan O'Reilly gets his eighth from Shin and Perron. So 3 nothing about the 11, about the 11 minute mark of the first period. And, and unfortunately, just like I, I know I thought it in my head, and I know I shouldn't have done that because that's just how I work. Because since I thought it, I, we blew it. I'm like, oh, this would be a nice game. Nice way to sit back and not have to worry about anything for once. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. as I say that, Anzi Kopitar gets his fifth of the year off a goal. Nah, I want to say Vinnington probably should have had. Probably. I, if you look back right underneath his arm. So is so three to one after one. You're like, okay, not too bad. Uh, unfortunately, uh, near the end of the second, Anzi Kopitar gets his. And mind you, this whole second period not great for the Blues. They were they went for the prevent defense. Yes, they did. We're not fans of that, as we've talked about on the podcast in the past. Uh, when they go on the prevent defense, you're more likely to start letting up chances, and that's what happened. And Kopitar on the power play gets his second of the game, his sixth of the year from Ayafalo and Drew Doherty. And, and then we'll talk about this play where near the end of the period, the Blues are kind of scrambling their own end. And I said it as it happened. Nobody covered Matt Luff in front of the net. He was covered, and then he backed up into the slot, and I'm like, done, get that guy. And as I was like spitting it out, Pass, oh, mind you, a very good pass in Kopitar to Matt Luff, who gets his mm-hmm. first of the year, goes top shelf on Bennington. And unfortunately, just like that, it's three to three going into the third period. So Blues score three straight, the Kings score three straight. Um, Vince Dunn continues to have the glaring mistakes that kind of well, like when he makes a mistake, it's it's a big one in it. It's, that's the thing is like I'm sure there's a lot, and it's, I'm sure there's plenty of positives on the defense of him hustling back and stuff that I, I'm probably not mentioning and stuff, and which is I'll 100% agree. I'm probably not mentioning, but unfortunately, when the mistakes happen, they're so glaring, we have to talk about them. And I yeah. think that's why you saw his name come up in trade talks. And I'm telling you, when the season's over, he is more. I mean, I'm impressed with Nico Mikola. So when you get, too. so when you're having all your guys back. Uh, your full squad back, you're definitely Mikola will be a guy that you're going to consider as your sixth, seventh defenseman. He's that steady of a guy. I would think so. So third period happens, no goals, and they go to overtime. And we'll, as we talked about, Blues had some pressure here. And an int- the Blues keep the, in the zone here. And it's very much back and forth between Braden Shin and Vladimir Tarasenko. And Tarasenko kind of just has the puck and – powers to the net and the the I say patented Tarasenko power move to the front of the net and just keeps going to the front of the net and just like I think it was a goal in the right before the playoff run in the 2019 uh season right before they were heading to the Stanley Cup finals before they you know had that great season Tarasenko had that game where he had the hat trick game against Nashville and he had a couple of goals like a power play goal and he had this goal in overtime where he just basically started from his own end worked his way down the ice and basically cut across the crease and puts a shot past I believe it was Pecorine at the time and scores a goal and the goal almost happened here he is along the side of the of the boards and 
kind of has nowhere to go. And he's looking around, looking for a pass, and then just decides to go towards the net. And he goes towards the net and powers his way towards the net. And he be- winds up beating the defenseman. And he's beating Jonathan Quick. And he has him beaten. The defenseman is really jumping in front of the net to try to stop the puck. And he can't. And he just fans on it. It like yeah. he was, he's right there. I mean, it just rolls off his stick. Unfortunately, if he didn't do that, it would have been right into the net, and it would have been the, the kind of like the. I thought he had it. The head. It would have been that headline like Teresino re, triumphantly returns the score and overtime oh. winner. It was. It was like the. It would have been like, the number one goal that night on on NHL Network. Yeah, it, it was such a great move, man. And uh, and uh, the sad part is. That happens, and unfortunately, the Blues are kind of changing, and it goes back on a two-on-one, and unfortunately... Well, let's not forget, Braden Shen dives. I what he was trying to do. Yeah. He was trying desperately to hold the puck in the zone, but Braden Shen dives for the puck after Tarasenko fans on it, misses, and it just opens up damn near a three-on-one, but a two-on-one going the other way. And unfortunately, they're not going to miss that one. And uh, Kempe gets it from uh, Gabe Velarde at the 145 mark. And the Blue, and excuse me, the Blues fall to the Kings in overtime. So the Blues stole a point. I say stole a point because they scored so late in the Friday game. And then the Saturday game, I say they more blew it than more like they, the Kings kind of stormed. The Kings did storm back and played very well, but the Blues playing that prevent defense really didn't yeah. help. Uh, so the Blues dropped that one. So still on a six-game road trip, 4-1, and hopefully they can make it five uh, here in about, eh, about 15, 20 minutes. They can make it 5-0. and oh. They played the San Jose Sharks. It looks like we're not going to get the anticipated rematch of Bennington versus Dubnik. Uh, it looks like Huso is in net tonight, uh, and Dubnik is in net for the Sharks. So nothing. All so right. no, no rematch there. Bennington, I'm thinking, maybe needs some more time off. He's had a, he had a ton of games for a while there. Yes, he did. Because uh, they weren't really trusting Huso. But it seems like Huso, with the workload now, it seems like he's starting to find his groove. And hopefully he can get that save percentage up. You know, it seems like after he lets in the first goal on the first shot, <laughs> he's pretty solid. It's be a thing. It was like a thing for a while. But the last couple of games, he's done really well of cutting that yeah. down and doing well. So... Blues have this game tonight, so hopefully they can uh, steal this one. So, uh, before we get into the little Blues news, let's go into the injury. Uh, Doug Armstrong did his state of the Blues, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to roll through the injury timeline we have right now. So, right before this game, Oscar Sunquist got hurt. He's day-to-day. Did skate this morning as of this, uh, March 8th. He did skate this morning. Also, Tyler Bozak skated this morning, not with the team, but on his own. That's the first time he skated on this road trip before he had set back before. Yeah. He is out indefinitely. Quote, Pareko is on IR officially, so he yeah, has a back thing. I don't know if we'll see him or not. I would I would be surprised at this point. Maybe the playoffs, yeah. but I think if their Blues are smart, if he needs a surgery, I don't know. So we'll see if it's people are saying if it's a back surgery, that's like, it's like career ender. I don't know if it's that bad. A career ender. It might be, it might be a career. It's going to be stick with you and you might have a bad back the rest of your career type thing. But was it McKinnis who had a back problem towards the end of his career? I want to say yes. Off the top of my head. And I was, I thought I was going to say shoulder when you first were going to start to bring that up. But I think it's, it was definitely a uh, back. 
I thought we had someone that had a, a, a back issue. I could also be thinking about Larry Bird from the Boston Celtics. It could be very that possible. That's very, the there you go. So random Larry Bird uh, shout out there. So the other uh, injuries, Robert Thomas, and this, this was done on March 1st when he did this little conversation with Jeremy Rutherford and other uh, writers. He said, Robert Thomas will be evaluated in four weeks. Ivan Barbashev will be uh, reevaluated in six weeks. Uh, Jacob De La Rosa will be in three weeks. Uh, Carl Gunderson is officially out for the year. He looked uh, that happened. It, that is a I would say for the Blues at least career over for the Blues. Yeah. I, I don't know if they'll re-sign him. I'd be kind of shocked considering the depth or what happens in the offseason. I'd be kind of surprised. Um, we just talk about Sunquist, uh, and then now we have another injury that adds to that list as of today. So the uh, over in the KHL. Clem Cosmos team, uh, Amagard Oscar, or whatever it's called, is uh, in the playoffs. And he went for a hit today. And the player he went to hit, in my way, in my version, uh, I think it was pretty cowardly. Just take the hit. And, yeah. you know, but he ducks down to get below the. So basically, Costin basically checks the glass going pretty decent speed. And then believe it might have been the same shoulder that caused Clem Costin to fall in the draft to the Blues. Supposed to be like a top ten pick and fall mm-hmm. fell all the way to thirty one. So that could have been the re- so he went down in a heap and was not moving his shoulder that well. It did not look great from the all the video the video that circulated on Blues Twitter today was uh, did not look great. Um, right before we jumped on, I just did a quick uh, check of some Blues news, and uh, Armstrong said he has been in contact with um, the people over on the team in Russia. And also, his coach over there is Bob Hartley, so oh. a very so very no, well known North American co- coach. So, um, Clem Costin is starting to play a lot better too. And they said his shoulder injury is not too serious, is what they're what they they think. So we're hoping that's the case. I bet you they'll probably get him back to the states as soon as they possibly can. They get that looked at by Blues doctors. I don't know when that will happen though, but you would think the Blues would want him here. I think he was going to prob- possibly come over here anyway when the season was over. Who knows how long that would take with right. the COVID protocols and other stuff that's well, going on. Sit, he'd have to sit out two weeks quarantine for four weeks, right? Uh, at least two, right? I thought it was two. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. So anyway, he had to sit for a while, so he would probably not even get in until the end of the season anyway, if he did get in. But the Blues would try to get him over here anyway. I think the reason they put him in the KHL is just they want to get more playing time. Sure. But considering how things have been going with the delays now, the Blues season kind of get got pushed back another basically a week and a half, so into mid-May. So if they get into the playoffs, it'd be nice to have the extra bodies, considering the amount of injuries that they've had. So yeah. um, the Blues, like I said, the injury bug uh, extends beyond the North American borders, and unfortunately is now affecting uh, over in the KHL and Clem Costin. So hopefully, a speedy recovery for him, and it isn't too serious. So here's hoping, you know, those Russians in their shoulders. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, yes, we've, we've, uh, finding that out firsthand now. So before we, uh, let's get into NHL news. So I kind of, uh, talked about a couple of things here. We talked about the Tom Wilson situation. Uh, he had a hit on Brandon Carlo, in my opinion, very much a blatant hit to the head was yep. not classified as that for some reason by the NHL's uh, player safety, but he still got a seven game suspension. So right now, Tom Wilson has been suspended for over 30 games and has forfeited almost $1.2 million in fines In fines. That's not salary in fines. He's like, that's how much he's had to pay and lost 
which is a crazy amount to even think about. You know, I I got into it on a couple of social media NHL trash talk pages where, of course, like as you said, Capitals fans are rushing to the defense of Tom Wilson. And look, man, here's my thing. I'm not anti-fighting. I'm not anti-checking and contact. I think those are all parts of hockey. And I think anyone who gets into the game of hockey understands that it's not a no-contact sport. It is a collision sport. Second only maybe to football. Uh, Football, you probably get hit more. But in hockey, you're getting hit at a much faster speed. But there's a difference between playing tough and checking tough and fighting and being a dude who's now habitually known for taking shots to people's heads and putting them out. He's a habitual line stepper. Yeah, habitual line stepper, (laughs) to quote Charlie Murphy. Um, It's one thing if you injure a guy while completing the clean hit. Like, injuries in this game happen. They just do. But to target someone for the intent of hitting them in the head and at least knocking them out of the game, if not giving them a concussion and putting them out longer, is uncalled for in any sport. I think that we've seen, especially in football, the last few years with the rash of players who are committing suicide because they're having mental issues based upon the long-term effects of concussions. And that, that goes to hockey too. Uh, Rick Rippon was a guy. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Carcillo has come out, you know, said if he's had thoughts and he was a guy who was like that. So, so here's the thing. There too. I despise the Chicago Blackhawks. I would not cheer if Kane or anyone got hurt or injured. Because at the end of the day, you play hard from puck drop to whistle. But when that game is done, you go home and you be a dad or a husband or just a regular dude. You know, you're, you're getting paid to play a game. I get it's your job, but it's still a game. You shouldn't be trying to do things that, number one, could cost another player earning potential, and number two, could permanently affect that person's life and their their um, quality of life. That's what Tom Wilson is doing. Make no mistake about it. He is targeting players' heads. Yeah. I, remember, I remember three of his um, suspensions were against the Blues and two were in preseason. Yeah. I remember the big one was the hit against Oscar Sundquist. Yeah. This was 14 games. Uh, Robert Thomas was the year before that. And then yep. Sammy Blay was the year before that. So, I yeah. mean, you're talking like every time he played the Blues, and, and there, I think two of them were in the preseason. Yeah. And the, it got to the point where um, the Capitals said that if the Blues played, like going to this season, if the Blues played um, the Capitals in the preseason, Tom Wilson will not be playing in those games. Yeah. And I thought that was like kind of ridiculous. I was like, you have to even sit the guy because he can't fucking control himself. Pardon me. And that, that's yeah. my point. And like, Someone brought up um, 
everybody's favorite Boston Bruin, whose name's escaping me now. Marchand. Marchand. And I'm like, same thing. Not to that degree. Like, he's not as habitual as Tom Wilson is. And at the end of the day, Marchand can play. But I think Wilson, I, I, I say Wilson can too when he plays hockey. I would love to have him on the Blues, but all this other stuff, I don't want, I don't want the baggage. No, no, hockey not player Tom Wilson, I would love to have on the team. The you can go around and be a physical player, like David Backus was a physical player, and did he play with an edge? Did he sometimes step over the line? Sure, but did he to the point of stuff he like this, stuff like this, where you like you're just playing hard? There's a point when you're playing hard and you're just something happens. Right. Like I can understand it. Yeah. That's, that's what you're basically saying. And it just, to me, you know, one time, maybe two, something happens in your career. I agree. But when you're up to like seven different times that you had suspensions and how many times have you had possible fines or how many times where people have called for you to get like suspended or yeah. fined and nothing happened, there's probably way too many. And the, and the, the guy is not that old. He's still pretty young. Yeah, like, he's, I mean, I'm not calling him Rafi Torres yet. But I mean, but you got eventually he's going to have to figure out the style. And I know the, all the old school guys are like, I saw a couple of the uh, ESPN guys. I think it was Steve Levy was like every NHL team would love to have Tom Wilson on their team. And it's like, no, incorrect. I like I, the hockey player. Yeah. The, what he is right now. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I would rather have guys on my team that I can count on are going to be available for the entire season. You know, especially you look at this shortened season, he's missing a fifth of the season damn near by, by missing seven games. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, an eighth. So 56 games divided by the seven. So eight, an eighth of the season, like you're losing one of your top line guys now. So now you're penalizing your team for what you were doing. So yeah. that was a big story this week. Um, the other story which was well with a minor it kind of included a st louis connection trent frederick did you see this where him and ovechkin were going at it and ovechkin speared him yeah, below the belt did. and yeah. did you and he only got fined do you think that was more than a fine oh i think that's at least a game and unfortunately it was just a five thousand dollar fine so if you watch that play it was malicious I mean, there's 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 jockeying back and forth before it happens like they, they're oh, yeah. pushing and shoving Frederick was trying to get him to drop the gloves. Plain of course and But again, like, dude, there's no reason to take your stick and put it between another player's legs and give him the business and cup check him, which is what you what, what's what he did. Yeah, he, it he was. Cup checked the dude. Yeah, it was and, uh, pretty Frederick egregious. Dropped. Oh yeah, Frederick just dropped. It was. It was uh, pretty blatant, and uh, I, I thought he'd at least get a game out of it. Yeah, but, I thought uh, he would too. But nothing, uh, nothing happened in there. So uh, we'll do a quick uh, little downer, but I just wanted to bring it up, though. So the probably the father to the greatest hockey player of all time, uh, Walter Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's father, passed away. So he's a guy that was very – very much revered in Canada and around the hockey circles as uh, fostering the game and kind of be an advocate for not only the game, but, you know, know, as much as Wayne is obviously Wayne Gretzky, but Walter Gretzky in some parts of Canada was just as popular. And he was uh, passed away this week at age 82 for natural causes. So, so condolences to the whole Gretzky family. I don't know if you got a chance to see the, uh, 
eulogy. I did. And it, it, it was, was uh, very, very touching. Very moving. Yeah, very touching from uh, Wayne Gretzky. So uh, I check. I would suggest everybody check that out. Just as a, it's a very moving speech, and I thought that was. Uh, yeah, if, they, if you don't get uh, touched by that uh, speech, that is, uh, you don't have a uh, heart. So. Uh, is up to condolences to the Gretzky family. So, uh, before we wrap it up here, I wanted to bring up that today is March 8th uh, when we're recording this, so it's International Women's Day. So, um, I will give blue props to the Blues who are been tweeting out, uh, kind of every eh, about all the women in their organization right now that helps the game, uh, kind of you know move forward. So, uh, so I want to bring up the International Women's Day game. Day and then also bring up that the National Women's Hockey League, which was they suspended their play, they did the bubble kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, they announced today on National Women's that International Women's Day that they are going to still go ahead with the uh, Isabel Cup, so it's going to be a two day tournament to finish up their season. Uh, and they're going to all be broadcast on NBC Sports, which I think is a big deal. So right. I think I think it's great that it's that's going to be that's going to be on like primetime TV on a big network. Um, that's really I think it's just something to help grow that game because it's it's well deserved. You ever get a, like I've been a chance to watch a game here and there, and they're they're great to watch. I don't know, I mean it's great hockey to watch. So I think it's something that uh, it's something that deserves more eyes. And I think that uh, props to NBC for putting it on. Um, one of their networks and giving it a prime time slot. So that's very, uh, maybe a cool thing to watch. Uh, so the Isabel cup. So, um, be checking that out at the end of March. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I haven't had a chance to watch any of their games, but for me, the highlight of all-star skills challenge in St. Louis last year was the women's game. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was so much fun, so much fun to watch. And I mean, they didn't score a, a ton of goals, but man, I'm telling you, that was end-to-end action for almost the entire time. Like there wasn't a lot of stoppages in play. It was one of those games where if you turned around, you were missing something. So yeah, I, I am in agreement with you. I'll be watching those games just because it was entertaining hockey. And I think that's what we all want, regardless of if it's men, women, kids, dogs, whoever's playing. Like if it's good hockey, it's good hockey. And that was some good hockey. Yeah, so it'll be four teams. It'll be March 26th and 27th. Uh, Toronto is facing Boston, and then Minnesota will be taking on Connecticut. So the one team, nice. one of the teams that barely missed it was uh, Buffalo. I think they just missed out uh, to, Seems to Boston. Be yeah, which <laughs> Boston. So Boston, excuse me, Buffalo, Despite uh, the your football teams, and they're slowly turning things around, as Chris Wells knows, the uh, mm-hmm. the Pagulas are not doing a great job with the hockey team. No, much better with the football than the hockey. Uh, yeah, I think we saw that. I believe the trio of Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and Jeff Skinner. So collectively, Chris, how much money do you think they make between the three of them this year, their cap hit? $10 billion. Or closer to $27 million for those three players. A and- lot. And they have how many goals, Chris, between the four of them or three of them? I just gave away the answer. That's all right. Three. They have four goals between the three of them. combination of three and five, three. Correct. In between there is four. Correct. I think so. Chris was right on the money. So not great. And then, of course, the rumors come out that Jack Eichel possibly wants out. 
Um, though Taylor Hall said he would, uh, they're apparently starting negotiations. He wants to stay in Buffalo. Okay. So I guess if he gets paid, they have Jeff Skinner, who is making $9 million on a no movement clause, who has been a healthy scratch for three games. Listen, I love Buffalo, New York. I go there more years than not, at least once or twice a year. I am a dyed-in-the-wool Buffalo Bills fan. No connections to the city. I just love the team and the town. Taylor Hall could write his ticket to any team he wanted to go to. There ain't nothing worth sticking around in Buffalo for as a Buffalo Sabre. There's nothing. Like, that, that team is quickly becoming the Edmonton Oilers of the Eastern Conference. So many top five picks and not making a damn bit of difference. Um, yeah, because remember, they were bombing. Like, they were trying their best to bomb that year for McDavid. And it was McDavid and Eichel. They should they get, They were and they, up getting, and they wound up getting Eichel. So, they wound up getting one of the two, which, you know, it was – uh, I mean, they still got a good player in Eichel. So, like Eichel making, he's, he's great. He's, he's in the third. He's in the third year of a ten-year deal or an eight-year deal at ten million dollars per year. Uh, so, Chris texted me today, and I believe the thing that you asked, like, what would he's like? Am I crazy? So, what was the trade deal that you uh, said? Money consider? aside, just what would it like? On my surface, thought was, what would it surface, take to yeah. get the deal done? And I believe I said, Kairu and Dunn and a draft pick for Eichel. And you said, you're high. Yeah, I, I think I said if they what they would want, they would definitely want a center back. So definitely Thomas would be in there somewhere. Yeah, they I want, think I think Dunn is definitely over. Yeah, I think a young center. Let me tell you, I rewind that yeah. young center. But I think it'd be yeah, Tom. I, I think you're I think you're on the right pace with the compensation wise. They might want another NHL player thrown in there. Yeah, but. I think Thomas Dunn would definitely be two guys and then a draft that probably be number one and then probably another guy. I mean, who I knows that they even deal with the blues anymore anyway. So I would almost be willing for someone of Jack Eichel's caliber and age, knowing that the blues will likely move on from Bozak. I would be willing to push all in without Thomas being part of the deal and say, Kairu, Dunn, Pareko, and a first. That would get, in my opinion, that would get it done. So, or if you don't want to give up Pareko, give him, give him the rights to Bozak's contract, or something like that. You need to offset the money somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I interesting. Would go, I, would, I would go Bozak, Kairu, Dunn, and a pick. If it got it done and they kept some of the money off the deal, I'd throw in uh, uh, Pareko. But I wouldn't throw in Pareko if I'm taking all $10 million of that contract back. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, because in a couple of years, you have, well, if you don't, if Pareko's in the deal, you have O'Reilly up in a couple of years, two years. And then a ter- seven year deal? And this is year three? Uh, four, I think. Four. Okay. So you got a few years left, but then I mean, you'll have him up though, but then you'll have Tarasenko in a couple years. And I mean, depending on how the shoulder is, I don't know how they're going to do that. That's going right. to be an interesting contract. Well, it's all, that'll be something we'll be talking about in the, probably next season on what you think that contract's going to look like. Because can you pay them over $7 million a year considering the amount of shoulder surgeries he's had? I don't know. That's a great question. So I don't know. And then now with Tara, let's say, let's say you keep Pareko. Um, Pareko, I don't know. With a bad back now, can you pay him more than 5.75? I don't know. The way yeah. in the way 
you have you have Krug and you have Falk making almost seven million dollars. You kind of add a third another seven million dollar player back there. It's kind of hard to do. Agreed. Yeah. So we'll see. It's a lot of interesting things going on. Also with Jaden Schwartz being up this year. So yeah. who knows what they're going to do? So we'll wrap up let's there. Bring up, let's bring up the wild card of the whole in the whole Jack Eichel situation. There ain't no way the Buffalo Sabres are ever doing another deal with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, after what happened with the whole uh, Ron O'Reilly thing, which hasn't turned out great for them, they have not one usable player out of that deal right now. I mean, you look at you look at the deals. I would say that the Sabres and the Blues have been very good trade partners with each other over the last decade. Yeah, anyway, the Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan Miller deal. Ryan Miller deal, the O'Reilly deal. I know I'm forgetting a couple. Of, Brad Boys, I think, was shipped to Buffalo for something. A second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Sabres and Blues have a history of, of of pulling off deals with big names, but I just think if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, and I hear the Sabres have made a trade with the St. Louis Blues, I'm throwing up my hands and turning the TV off. I don't even want to hear what it is. Yeah, because especially uh, if it's especially if it's the Jack Eichel trade, because that means that the last two big names that have left your organization would have both gone to the St. Louis Blues, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and Eichel also um, said that he was somebody O'Reilly was something he looked up to because of like the way he prepped for games, the way he uh, played the game. It's something that he, he talked to him about you know, behind the scenes about how yeah. to do certain things. So Eichel is somebody who praised O'Reilly quite a bit when he was uh, after the trade. So, Oh, look, if I'm Jack Eichel, I'm sure St. Louis is high on the list for the reason you just mentioned. I see. I see the Rangers making a push because they got a ton of the young talent that they could ship down there. And uh, I agree. Or up there. I don't, if I'm the Sabres, I don't know if I train him in the division now. True. Yeah. Cause eventually when the division's back to normal, that would be uh, some a pill you have to swallow for the next four right. or five years, you know? Seeing Eichel, I, I think I ship him five or six times a year. Eichel, I think I ship him out west. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I'm sure St. Louis is a destination that he would point to and go there. I want to go there. Yeah, because I'm sure um, he has. I don't know when his no trade clicks in, but he does, probably has it in that deal somewhere. Right. So, all right, we'll wrap it up there. We got a whole bunch of stuff to go through here. So, uh, first off, we'll let's talk about our. We have a couple of sponsors. So, first off. A uh, new sponsor is DraftKings. So DraftKings is uh, partnered along with the Hockey Podcast Network. So if you go onto your DraftKings, you have DraftKings, use uh, THPN, so the Hockey Podcast Network. Use that code, and you'll be able to get uh, started on your DraftKings account uh, today. So you can do nightly uh, pick your teams and see how you win. So be kind of uh, do something fun like that. So uh Hockey Podcast Network, THPN on DraftKings. The second one we will do talk about is our friends over at Rockstar Taco Shack. So they are officially now back open in their new town yes, sir. Uh, location. So that is the only one that's open currently. So go to their new town location and then go ahead and hit them up on Facebook. You hit them up on Messenger and just they have they're pumping out the daily specials again. Yep. Uh, I think tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is their uh, Greek taco that they had before, which is really, really good. I tell you right now, the next time they have their crab rangoon quesadilla up. I missed it. I know. Everybody go and get that. So they don't sell out. Yeah. But for real, go and get it. It's great. Yeah. So check out our friends, Will, uh, over at Rockstar Taco Shack in uh, Newtown. Hit them up on, like I said. Go to their Facebook page. You can be able to order, pre-order their specials there. Go pick up some tacos there. And weather's nice now. 
off of Newtown. There's a there's an ice cream place right next, literally right next to right them. Next door. And then you have a bunch of places to sit right next to the uh, fountain and stuff out there, and right behind yeah. uh, the place. And it's just an awesome place to be. Newtown, very solid place. I really like going out there when we get a chance to go hang out with Will. So, Rockstar Rockstar Taco Shack in uh, Newtown. And so happy before- belated birthday to Chef Will as well. Correct. And before we wrap, uh, get into the whole socials and all the other places to find the podcast, I wanted to bring this up. So somebody that uh, Chris knows very well and uh, started his radio career in quite a bit. Um, And I'll be honest, I really love listening to the show and somebody I've listened to for quite some time. So uh, throughout the years and the afternoons and the mornings, he's been all over the place. So uh, we're sending all our... uh, our thoughts and uh, prayers to Jeff, uh, to Jeff Burton, who's uh, announced today he's uh, has prostate cancer, unfortunately. So that show has been hit really hard with the uh, cancer lately between yes, Tony, and uh, Tony and Jeff now. So, so Jeff, just in our thoughts. So hopefully, uh, you know, keep fighting hard, and then we'll uh, you'll get we'll get the, I know we'll get through it. He, he seemed like be pretty uh, said it's very treatable today. So he seemed very uh, in decent spirits at least when he was talking he about is. it today. I, uh, I talked to him very briefly today just because I know that everyone was hitting him up after he announced it. And, you know, the good thing is with, with that type of cancer, if it's caught early enough, it's very treatable. And I know that Jeff, due to the other illnesses that he deals with, is very, very health conscious. So yeah. um, I have no doubt that he'll beat this. But yeah, um, Jeff has been a longtime friend and mentor and uh, all of our well wishes to him and the Burton family and the Riz show and everyone at the point. So, yeah. Yep. So we will mention that before we uh, get to our little sign off here. So if you get a hold of us on uh, excuse me, on Twitter, it's at blues hockey NHL. Chris is at at Hossapalooza. Also don't forget the hockey podcast network is at, at, at hockey pod net. So, so you'll be able to see where they post about all the new episodes of all the different teams and especially including ours. So check that out there. If you want to find us on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Blues Hockey Podcast. And also our website is blueshockeypodcast.net. You'll be able to find links to all that, all our socials, plus where to listen to it, including the website. And we're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Pocket Cast, all the other cast. So I think uh, that is about everything i have right now on my list here chris let's we add everything else but i think that's good for right now we did everything so i think we're good to go so thanks for listening i know it's a little bit of longer one we had a lot of games to go over hopefully the blues can wrap up their uh road trip with a win tonight and uh we'll have some good news to talk about next time go blues. all right let's go